why I really do want to see us encouraged. The uh, Peace Series, we're going to do this for five weeks. I'll be sharing for a couple of messages. We've got some guests as well interacting. Probably already saw that schedule. Here's the thing. Um, I, love, I love what they designed. I love the whole art that they designed on it, actually. They did a great job, the team, the design team did. And one of the things that we were talking about was how this kind of represents in many ways the, the kind of um, city environment that we are in, the, the way, the energy in it. And yet in the midst of this urban living, how can we find the peace of God? How can we find the peace of Christ? How can we find that in our own lives when things are kind of chaotic or intense? What's more, um, I don't know if you noticed it. Some of you may have looked at it. Some of you may not have. But there's a little embedded kind of thing that we put in the peace handout on that cover. There's a secret verse there that they put, like a kind of finding Waldo thing. They stuck it right in there. If you see it, uh, I'm not going to tell you where it is, but you can see it. And... um, you might want to, if you know the verse, that's great. If, if you look it up, it's a, it's a great, it sort of connects to the theme. And for those of you who are artistically inclined, you probably have already noticed this doubles as a coloring page, right? You can use like pencils and uh, felt tips that are thin and to color in and create your own kind of way of remembering this. And it becomes its own individualized art piece. And it can change every week. So just be aware of that all these different value adds going on. All right. Um, Okay, the passage itself, I want to look at it because, again, I mentioned that this is connected to Easter in many ways, but it's also connected to a larger theme. And it's a theme that we've been exploring since the beginning of the year. I mean, it really goes back to where I started. We opened up the year with this idea of growing through adversity, growing through things that are hard, how to prevail. And uh, we spent a lot of time unpacking what it means to contend for vibrancy and breakthrough in our lives when things are hard and how God can use adversity to bring good, not just for us to survive and get through it, but how to bring good from it. And we spent a lot of weeks there. That led us into, the, into the, the couple of weeks before Easter where we talked about the cross. No better example of someone growing through adversity and coming through it, taking something that was meant to be awful and dead and death and bringing life out of it. Jesus, the example, the ultimate example of how to grow through adversity, how he busted through it and brings us life. And that leads us into this, which is once we, we also need to learn not only how to, how to you know, move through things that are hard, but how do we incorporate the peace of God into places that are difficult? So fear is real. And we're going to talk about how to grow and, and incorporate, bring his peace into a fearful place. Let's just start quickly by reading the passage itself. It says that Sunday evening, that would be Easter Sunday for them. The disciples, they were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, the temple leaders, the authorities that had been so instrumental in having Jesus turned over to Pilate and put to death. Suddenly, we're told, though, in the middle of this place when they're locked in, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And then as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. And the Bible says, almost poetically, they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again, he said for the second time, peace be with you as the father has sent me. So I am sending you. And then he breathed on them, just kind of connecting back to like when Adam becomes a living soul in the book of Genesis. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, verses 22 and 23 speak about spiritual empowerment and authority on the basis of his victory over death. And there's a sense that all believers possess this 
capacity on the basis of the victory of Jesus and the good news, the message of the gospel. Um, this is something that we're all privileged to be a part of. But my focus and the focus I'd like us to settle into is the focus on peace, specifically the peace that he brings in the fearful place. So what I want you to do, if we can, is try to imagine in our mind's eye what's going on here. They are hiding out. That's the only way to describe it. They are frightened. The disciples who are left, now Thomas isn't there, we know that, because later on that will become apparent. Judas is dead. He's so devastated by what he did, so traumatized by the evil one, that he literally takes his own life. Peter's there, but he's like a man who's just crushed, who... If you can think of any, uh, like a person who's like a shell of themselves, that's Peter right now. We're not even sure he would even been there if, if it seems that John brought him. Now, Peter, of course, had failed the Lord miserably. He had been the one who bragged about how faithful and loyal he would be. They all forsook him, but nobody forsook him the way that Peter did. He denied it. He broke with him so emphatically. It, it was a crushing blow for him. It's like when we, it's one thing to fail. It's another thing to fail in such a way that it almost defines our life. And that's what happened with Peter. And the Lord was going to have to work with him to nurture him back to a place of health where he began to believe, even after Jesus was alive, it took a while for Peter to believe that he was even usable anymore. That's a whole nother story. In this moment, they're totally afraid. There's a rumor that Jesus is alive. We know that John actually believed that he was, that he had looked at the tomb and the way that things, the, the, gar, the, the, the cloths that were wrapped around Jesus had sunk, that, that when he peered into the tomb, it, he was beginning to, to remember the words of Jesus. And he had made a mental leap that he believed that the reason Jesus' body wasn't there and the way things were arranged was incredibly because Jesus did indeed do what he said he was going to do and was alive. Mary Magdalene had said she actually had seen the risen Jesus, but the Bible says no one really believed her. They thought that's what she wanted to believe. John wasn't sharing his feelings. So the picture is, though, what they did know right now is that they were, they were in peril. There was real thinking that what happened to Jesus was about to happen to them too. That now the whole group of them were going to get cleaned up. The same way that Jesus had been taken care of, they were going to be taken care of. And so they were huddled in fear. That's the only way to describe it. If you looked around the room, they were, there was fear in that room. They had saw it. They saw their own eyes. What how how bad it was. I mean, it's almost indescribable. We talk about it all the time, so it's so always on our lips. But I mean, to see Jesus go through what he went through, to watch the utter humiliation, to watch the violence, to watch how he was hammered up there, to watch him hung between two criminals, stripped down, spit on, taunted, gambling for his clothes, his enemies just throwing things at him. I mean, it was blood everywhere. It was awful, devastating. And they were afraid. They were just their own selves afraid. That's the picture we have. When we come to John 20, they are in a room, locked down, fearful. The door, when it says, you see that verse there? Behind locked doors, verse 19. Behind locked doors, that is because they were afraid. Utterly afraid. The irony, of course, is Jesus had risen. 
but they didn't believe it. And I, I was thinking about this. So here's the thing. They're locked up in fear, but Jesus is actually alive. And I thought, you know what, Lord? As I looked at them, I said, how could it? You reminded myself. It is possible to have Jesus in our lives and to struggle or be locked up in fear. Remember, we t some of you may recall, but I mentioned this, actually, if you were at the Lake Merced campus, I mentioned this last week. I said, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead can live in our lives if we let him. If we let him. It's always conditional. So let me throw a couple of things up there about fear. And I just want us to work with this a little bit. But I want to suggest something that seems so obvious that we'll go, of course. But number one is this. The fear can clearly, using this, this picture of the disciples, it can lock us up and it can rob us of so much. I want us to see the disciples huddled in fear. The doors locked. Every sound, every voice. What's that outside? Every step outside. This could be the group that's coming for us. Every knock on the door. No, 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 no. Uh, this, I, paranoia has set in, right? It's, and, and that is, of course, what fear does to us. It starts to, uh, when it gets out of control, it locks us up. It shrinks our world. It distorts our reality. It obliterates our confidence. It diminishes, almost suffocates our, our creativity. When fear begins to lock itself down in our lives, it's like that's all. It just like closes the lock on our door, right? It's like everything starts to squeeze down. Fear is, as has been said, Fear is the thief that steals the peace. And it can, it, can, it can shut out love, and it can keep us from loving. It says in Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of soundness of mind. And so much of our issue is in the mind. When we struggle, I, there was... There are times where I was saying, Lord, I, I claim this verse, and as it just sits there, we look at it, because there, there, was, a, there was a period, I, 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 when I, 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 there have been times where I've really said, Lord, this is a promise, I need to hold this promise. I'm wrestling to hold this promise, because I claim the promise that you have not given me a spirit of fear, that that is not to be the dom a dominant theme of my life in this moment, but you have given me power, power to prevail, you have given me, Lord, love, to, to overcome that fear, and you've given me also soundness of mind. And right now, I'm having a really hard time with that mind. When you're anxious, when we're anxious, when we're feeling like things are, it's hard. that is where a lot of times the real battle is, is right there. And the Lord wants to teach us, right, how to, how to, how to come against the things that we're afraid of, because we're, sometimes we're afraid of so many things. And the real battle is in our emotions, in our mind, that's how come how we think matters and what we put into our mind matters. And it, 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 a lot, again, a lot of the fear battle takes place in our thoughts. And so that, will, that leads me to this, that the Lord really does want to invade, if I can use that, our fears with his peace. I think you noticed it, but when you read that passage that we just looked at, what's the one thing he says twice? First time he says, my peace be with you. And he comes back around after he says, see who I am? My peace be with you. Two times. It was more than a greeting. 
It was a settling. It was, it was a gift. It was a, a calming. It was a word of assurance because that was the very thing they did not have. They did not have peace. In fact, if anything, they were disturbed. They were frightened because th- things just seemed to be spiraling out of control. And, and you know what? And I was thinking about it. When you're disturbed, when you're frightened, when you're afraid, it's, it's easy to, to, to get things to get out of control. And I was looking at that passage and I was thinking about it and I was trying to imagine in my mind, I, Lord, you're, you're, you're trying to work your peace into their fear. They're so disturbed. You're so frightened right now that you're trying to, you're speaking to them peace twice just to say my peace to you right now, my peace to you right now. And I was looking at that and I was thinking not only about times in my own life where I've needed the peace of God, but I started thinking in my mind, I said, Lord, I'm reminded, I was going, that reminds me of my own father. And I don't talk a lot about my father. I talk about my grandfather who was my father's father. My grandfather was a pastor, and he became a very important figure in my life. He became probably the most influential person in my life. He taught me how to love God. He modeled, he modeled a genuineness of faith that was impactful on, on, a, on, a, on a teenager. And I grew to, to love the God he loved with all my heart. But his son, my father, he and I, we did not get along. My father left us when I was... Well, the family ended as we knew it. I stopped living with my father when I was 12 years old. And he died about 10 years ago. And my relationship with him through the years was strained. It never was, uh, it never was what it could have been. It never was what it should have been. And I look back on my father and um, his troubled life, which is the only way I could describe it. I... I came to realize that so much of his struggle was, was connected to his fear and his insecurity. And it was his fear and his insecurity that ended up costing him his family. And so much he lost. I see now, if I can put it this way, as a pastor, um, as an older man who, who's been... Mm-hmm. married to the wife of my youth now for almost 33. It's incredible. I can't even believe it. I didn't even think I'd live that long. Incredibly, 33 years uh, almost now. Uh, four adult children. I, I, now pastoring for a number of years, I, I see things differently than I did early on. Early on, I just didn't really want much to do with the man who was so angry all the time. But what I, as I began to grow older and what I, began to underst- what I could never understand as a boy was how his anger was deeply connected to his fear. How intertwined his anger was with his fear in his own wounds. And I'll tell you that he, he was such a troubled soul and I, I wished I could have helped him. I, I wished I could have helped him better experience the peace of God. As it was... Um, I, I did end up having some opportunity to uh, have a relationship with him as he got older. Before he died, we were able to pray together, and there was definitely a, a, an affirmation on his part of, 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 of embracing Jesus. But he had been so little involved in my life, so gone, so not present, such a broken man in his own right that he couldn't even be present 
that it honestly, when it left, it took me a long time. And, and I knew, and I began to realize that what would happen is he would get angry, but he, he, but really the truth is he was afraid. And I saw, I saw how when he would get afraid, I didn't understand, because when you're a boy, you don't understand. Well, you're afraid right now, but why is this looking like anger? Why, is this, why are you so mad? What's wrong? Right? It doesn't make sense. But what was happening, he didn't know how to handle things. It's not an excuse. I'm just saying. I, I, I began to realize that so much of what was really going on inside him was fear. He had fear. He didn't know. didn't know how to handle it. When he would get afraid, it came out as anger. That's how it came out. And it took me a long time to forgive him, actually. It, took, it, it was connected to my walk. There is no way. I would have never forgiven the man if it wasn't for Jesus. There's no way. I just couldn't follow Jesus and have my heart in a dark place. I couldn't do it. And as time went on, I began to apply forgiveness to the point where ultimately I said it didn't just mean I was saying that things were great. I was saying is that, you know, I honor you as my father. And I forgive you. And it... We often say that when you, you, know, you forgive someone, you set a prisoner free, and that prisoner was me. And there's something about that in the name of Jesus. And the Lord wants to, look, I believe this. The Lord wants all of us to have increasing dimensions of freedom at work in our life. He does not want us to be disturbed on the inside, and he certainly doesn't want us to be disturbed all the time. He wants us to have his peace. I am convinced of that. One of the words for peace, you know, here's the thing. For some of, I, I used my father, took a risk there. I, I will say this. When he was afraid, it came out in anger. The culture was changing. His responsibilities were changing. He had stuff going on inside of him, and he couldn't access Christ. He couldn't, I just got, he couldn't get there. And it, but some of us, when we're angry, in his case, he was angry. Maybe when we're afraid, it may not show. I was talking to someone. It doesn't. Someone doesn't show up as as anger. It shows up, we can show up in a different way. A lot of times when we're really afraid, what's our drop back? We drop, so some of us will cave in our world. We are the disciples. We go into lockdown. It's like the doors are barred. We're now inside. Things get tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. Others of us, we got to figure out a way to get out of that pain, out of that fear. What do we do? We turn back to habits that we've left in the past. We run, we run the risk of getting addicted again to things that, we, that will not be the solution. We might dive into relationships or sex or some type of drug or whatever else we can to address that. That's not the way of the Lord. It's not going to solve it. A lot of times what we get ourselves into, it does not solve the real issues. Not what God's trying to get at, Right? Sometimes when we're afraid, we start, like, we, start, we start creating scenarios that don't even exist. And that's what I was talking about, how things can get out of whack in our own mind. We start like going places. And then we can get ourselves into a loop. Like it's just, we can't get out of it. It's like I'm stuck in this loop. And it's, and it's just crushing us. And when you get that going on long enough in here, it'll start showing up here in this body. Because the body, as amazing of an instrument as it is, made by the Lord, to heal itself in most cases, it will. If it, if it under duress long enough in the mind, in anxiety and stress and pressure and fear, that thing's going to show up. And it does. And so that makes what the Lord is inviting us into even more. When he says, peace be to you, it wasn't just a nice thing. He was like, into this place of fear, I bring my peace to you. I'm, I'm bringing my peace. In the, I'm saying it again, peace be to you. 
What is peace? I was looking at definitions of peace. Peace can mean the absence of strife. It can mean some degree of calm. But you know, one of the best, one of the, one of the I, I stumbled onto a, a definition of peace that, was fa- that fascinated me. Because it said peace can be described, and once I, I just sat with it, peace can be described as something fitting together. When it fits together, the wholeness of God at work in our lives. The lack of, because think about this, when things are not fitting on the inside, right? When they're like all jagged or out of whack in the, what happens is we don't have, like we're t- when you're going through the, ins- in the inside like that, it's churning. It's not, everything's not, not it's not, it's like everything's disjointed. It's, it's disconnected. It's out of, and all this stuff's going on inside of us. When that comes out, it's like, that will, you cannot have peace. That is not peace. A lot of times that's what it is. This in my mind is just like, it's not, things are not fitting together. God wants to teach us how to do that. And, and I, 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 last, it, last week at, at the Easter service, when I was sharing one of the messages, I talked about how God is life, but outside of God is non-life. Inside of God is always life. But when we start to see death working in us in different ways, what is that telling us? When death is starting to dominate us in, in a variety of ways internally, what is that telling me? It's telling me that something in me has moved outside of God and he needs to pull me back into alignment with him. Now, we're not going to get this 100% right all the time, but there is a key to what peace means. When he says, I want you to have my peace, he's talking about, I want you to find yourself fit, fitting together in me so that you're settled. You're not, you're not torn up and, and divided on the inside because that is not my way for you. I'll put this up again. This, this, and it really does lead. He wants to give us his peace so that we can do a couple of things. And just, I'm just going to do this fairly rapidly. One of them is he wants to give us his peace. It's going to be a way to kind of remember it. He wants to give us his peace so that we can face things. Okay? Instead of fear, we must face life. We're not to let fear be dominant. I'm just, I'm just saying. We need to let the indwelling Jesus fill the room, fill our heart, calm our soul. There are some things Jesus wants us to face and part of us doesn't want to do it. Some of us, we want to run away from that. I don't want to deal with that. I'm afraid of that. There are other things where the Lord is saying, you need to let that go. I talk about this a lot. Or at least you need to loosen your grip because you're way too tightly clinging to this thing. It's like, this is so, you've you got to trust me. You're, it's, like, it's pulling you out of this, right? Let it but, but we, okay, I mentioned this last week when I was thinking about something, a question Jesus asked a man who needed a healing. And it comes up a couple of times in the Gospels. You'll see something like this. Jesus will say to someone, and it doesn't happen a lot, but when it happened, I always go, why would you say, why would you ask that question, Jesus? He says to this person who needed obvious healing, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Now, the first thing would be is like, well, of course. Why would you even ask the question? But the Lord was asking the question for a reason. Because a lot of times we are afraid. We can be afraid, listen, of being healed. Well, I don't like this, but this is what I know. And what would that mean 
to be healed or to be healing? Do you want to be healed? Is that what you want? You see what I'm saying? Like the Lord will say to us in some areas in our lives, I want to bring peace here into a greater level of dimension of peace in your life, in this, ish, in this area. Do you want it? Of course I do. Do you want to be healed? I'm a little afraid, Lord, because like, I'm used to this. And, and I'll tell you, there are probably some areas where I, if I'm truly honest, I'll say, Lord, I really need you to help me here. Then there's another part of me that says, but I don't know if I want to let this go. I really want your help here. <sighs> Not sure. You know what I'm saying? The Lord sends his peace, right? So that we might face things. But secondly, look at this. He sends his peace that we might also do something else. That we might also go out and share things. And I love that so much. I looked, at, I, looked at what, I looked at what Jesus was saying here, and you can see it with me. What does he say to the disciples? He tells them, look, you're afraid right now. But what, is he, when he, what he, does he say to them after he says, peace with you, peace be with you? Look at that 20th verse. He, and he then talks to them. He shows them his wounds, and, da, 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 and then he fills them, and he talks about being filled with joy. But then he says this, as the Father, you go down the line there, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. In other words, I don't, want, I don't want you locked up here. I want you out there. But you're locked up in fear here, but I'm sending you out in the same way that the Father sent me out. It's like the total, it's like he's saying, I don't want fear. I want to give you my peace so that you can do the very thing that I was called to. I'm going to send you out as the Father has sent me out. And it's a reminder that, we were not born, as followers of the Lord, we were not born just to be locked up people. Like, there's no way. We're, we're not supposed to be scared. We're just, just dominated by, by negative things. We were born to fly. We were born for the open road. We were born to go out into the world and push beyond our fences and make disciples and share the good news with, of Jesus with whoever we can and with our deeds and and to be a person who's out there. But here's the thing. When we're all torn up on the inside, fearful knots tied up inside of us, how do you share Jesus like that? How can... When there's no... How can... How, everything inside of us is... is there's, where's the joy? How do you... How do we become outward bound when we're inward bound? How do I do it? That's an incongruency, right? I mean, the joy that's required. As the Father has sent me, I send you. Get out of this room. I don't want you here locked up in closed doors afraid. Get out and do the work that you were born for, right? That, and that's not means we're not perfect, but we were born to share we were born to be alive. That, that means the Lord wants to teach us how to be healthier on the inside, more access, if you could say it, more, more, having more access to his peace so that the joy in our lives can be real enough that it can be contagious. That is his third piece I'll put on that part is that he gives us his peace so that we can be, listen, wounded healers, that we can heal things. His desire is not perfect people, but real, authentic, growing people who have increasingly experienced the peace of Jesus in their lives in such a way that it does affect other people who we're connecting ourselves with. We're not got it all down. We never will. 
We have stuff. We have contradictions. And yes, we have times where we ourselves will sin and disappoint God. There's no question about it. But as a whole, God calls us to places of growth and he calls us to places of, of, of aligning ourselves in a way that allows him to fill our lives with a greater dimension of his peace and joy. I believe that with all of my heart. It's his will for us not to be tied up, not inward bound, but outward bound. Last thing we'll say about it is this. He really does want to teach us how then to know his joy, right? And that's that third piece here. We stick it up there. This, that joy comes when we actually see him for who he is. Peace and joy go together, and they're both connected to the Lord. You see that verse? What did Jesus say? What did it say they did when they saw Jesus? It says they were filled with joy. I love this. I, I, when I heard it, they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, peace and joy go together. That's the key, right? It's connected to seeing him for who he is. The older version says, then they were glad when they saw the Lord. Then they were glad when they saw the Lord. Then they were glad when they saw the Lord. The key will always be increasingly seeing the Lord in our lives. The, the more we see him, the more that will flow into our lives. So what does that mean? I think I see him when I see him in his words, when I see him in words that are written about his words. When I, when I see him, I see him by focusing my attention of my life upon him, it shows up in ways. I come into his house like you're doing, and you're hearing his words. You are seeing him. In a way, you are seeing him. We are seeing him together. We are seeing him in, in one another. We are seeing him in this moment. We are seeing him when we pray, when we reflect. We are seeing him. And when we see him, peace and joy go together when we see him. That's the key. Then they were glad when they saw the Lord. The Lord wants to fill us with positivity. He does. He doesn't want us to be locked up and defeated. He wants us to be alive. Not problem-free. That's not real. But he wants to teach us how to move through things with his peace, increasingly whole, fit together, purposeful, positive, more of his joy, more of his peace at work in our lives so that we can be a blesser of others and increasingly who we were really created to be in him. There's a way to move through fear that can be life-giving, but it's going to take him. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to bless the rest of what we've just shared here. We'll have our closing song and our time of giving. But even now, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share your words, your words of life. Perhaps there's all places in our, in our lives, there are probably a few, maybe more than a few, where we feel the struggle going on inside, where it's hard, where it's not easy. Maybe some of us have things we're facing in the coming week. Maybe we're in a season of life now where there are certain things that we're having to wrestle with. Maybe it's relational. I don't know what it is, but there are things frequently that are robbing us of our peace that are really trying to define us in a defeated place. And again, it may not come out like anger, but our fear can show up in other ways. I ask that you would visit us with your peace even in the fearful places of our lives, to trust you, to see what you can do, to align ourselves with you, to live in the life, not in the non-life, but to live in the life of Jesus and to begin to invite you into all of those places, to see you, because when we see you, then will our hearts be glad, even when things are kind of scary. We know that's what you do. We ask for your blessing. Bless us as we move into this week. Bless this time we've shared. 
bless our closing song and our time of giving. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go.